Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Up Podcast. I'm your host, JL, and today we're going over abominations that are actually inside the church. that said, I do want to just welcome you to the Blessed Hope Podcast. I am your host, JL. And yes, you did hear us right. We are going over abominations that are actually inside the church. So you might be wondering, going, okay, well, what are we doing today? Because this is this sounds kind of crazy. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is kind of crazy. I was reading this um, not too long ago in my personal Bible study, and I came across this and I was like, you know, this is describing the way some people act in the church, like over the years, I have seen these types of people and I, I, I really just felt that it was on my heart that we needed to talk about this, that the church needs to come clean with this. This is something that we need to go over. So, well, we're going to do that. You might be wondering, well, is, is this really what this podcast is about? And then lay, hey, let's go back to our foundational text where we pull this podcast from, and it's Titus chapter two. Yeah, we're jumping right on into it. So if this is your first time, I do want to welcome you. We are a podcast designed for the believer, but it's also for non-believers so they can find out more about who our blessed hope is, which is Jesus Christ. With that said, let's jump right into it. We're going right into it. This one today is a is a, a big day. We got a lot to cover. I thought I was going to be able to get this entire message uh, this entire podcast episode into one, I found out that I could not. So we're going to be breaking it up. But with that said, you might be wondering, why are we doing this? The Blessed Old Podcast, this is about encouraging and all that. But that's not the only thing we get our foundation from in Titus 2. So Titus 2, verse 15. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. That reprove with all authority. We are reproving based off of the word of God and let no one disregard you. So, hey, don't turn off this episode. Keep listening. And what you should probably do is after you you go through this, you need to do a self quick check and go, huh, is this possibly talking about me? Because I can tell you right now, there's some of the stuff in here definitely hit home and it's going to hit home for many people out there. So, with that, you're probably you're you're you got to be by now. Got to go. Okay, just give us the verses. What are we talking about? What are you going to be reproving on? And let's do that. Proverbs chapter six, verses sixteen through nineteen. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to Him: haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. And that's it. That's it, guys. That's all we are talking about today. And we're not even going to even hit all of them. We're going to have to do a whole nother episode where we're going to be discussing half of them. But today we're going to hit verses 16 and 17. And I, I, I really want... Y'all to, well, and then part of 18, but I really want y'all to understand that I, I'm, I'm doing this in love. I'm doing this because I love you guys. I love the church. I am. If you're a non-believer, we love you too. We want you to find our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to quickly go back to Titus chapter two. Remember this. Remember this. Look at verse 11. 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Guys, it's all about Christ. He's the one who's brought us our salvation. He's the one who's given us the ability to have that hope. That's why he is our blessed hope. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because you are saved does not mean it's over. We have a sanctification process. If you don't know what sanctification is, you're like, oh, that's a Christianese type word. Well, yeah, it is. Well, let's go over it real quick. Sanctification is the process of slowly, you should, as a believer, be slowly being sanctified. And now, are you saved? The second you're saved, are you sanctified? You're going to heaven, of course. However, we're talking about slowly shedding the old and putting on the new and moving towards Christ. And that's why, and as you, many people, mind you, many people will read the Bible and they will read corrections and they'll go like, oh, this is God correcting his uh, 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 people out there, the wicked, the evil. No, 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 no. He's, uh, there are times in the Bible he might be warning them or he might be telling them to repent. But in the end, when he's making corrections towards people, I'll tell you right now, nine out of 10 times, he's talking to believers. He's saying, hey, fix this. Don't be doing this. Proverbs 6 here, this is one of those areas where that's exactly what he's doing. So back to Titus 2, verse 12, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That is sanctification in a nutshell. Verse 13 is the end game for us, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God, Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. So we see the sanctification process. But so as we read other parts of the Bible, you need to be looking at it. It might be written to an ind- a certain individual or it might be written to a certain group of people. If you're reading Old Testament, a lot of times it is written to the Old Testament Jews. However, it could have specific application for you. So definitely take a look at it. See, see what's going on there. Okay. So. Back to Proverbs chapter 6. This is one of those areas. Technically, David is writing this. However, or sorry, not David. Solomon is writing this. However, that does not mean that we don't know 100% on who's he writing it to. Is he writing it to his uh, family member? Is he writing it just for the the, the individuals there? We I, I don't know. And if you do know, please, please, please send it to us. But Today we're going over these these specific aspects that we actually see that are in the church right now. So the three that we are hitting today, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, oh, sorry, four, and a heart that devises wicked plans. These are the ones we're hitting today. Next week we will hit feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. And you might be looking, a false witness who utters lies. Is that the same as a, hot, or a lying tongue? Yes and no. There is an actual difference. We will be going over that. And I, I'm going to hopefully share that with you all. But as we move forward, those are the, the, the first four that we're going to be discussing. We'll go through the rest after that. So with that, I do just want to start praying as we before we really get into this. And I completely forgot, so let's do that. Christ, Father God, thank you so much for being here with us today. We ask that you would help teach us your word. Lord, allow us to be able to see your magnificence. We ask that you would help us be guided by your love and your your directed in wisdom and understanding, O God. 
We praise you and we thank you. I ask right now the listener would be able just to listen and intently understand your word. I ask that you would show your love to them and that they would realize they need you in their life. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. And Lord, we ask that you have all the glory from today's episode. You have all the glory in what we do. In your name, Lord Jesus, we praise you and we thank you and we pray this. Amen. And with that, let's jump on in to today's episode and the meat of these four characteristics that are sadly in the church. And so Proverbs chapter six, I just want to read that one that part again, what we're going over verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are a, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. Pause right there. There's where we're stopping. And as we continue on, I really want you all to know that there's some serious significance here. And I want to start first with the number six, because whenever you see numbers in the word of God, you need to go and look. Just, just see what they mean. You'll find out so much. And also when it comes to names and, and there's just so much, the more you dig in the Bible, the more we see the love of God and we see how intricate the Bible is. Someone who says, oh, the Bible has so many inerrancies and it's completely just garbage and um, it, it doesn't make sense and uh, it's not applicable in today's, I uh, I guarantee you, they're all what they're really saying is I've never read it, but this is what I've been told. So this is what I'm going with. Because in reality, the Bible is completely applicable. It is perfect in everything there is not one issue with it and yet we as americans and as i and i say americans we're probably the worst at it and yay christians that are in europe it might be throwing you guys in this bus as well but there are many types we we get over here and we claim every 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 american is a christian and every american has read the bible yeah and yet i see people bringing up these Four issues in the abominations we're going to talk about that the Lord hates are discussed and done by them all the time. So, no, this is something that, guys, we got to eat this one and we got to go, okay, Lord, what do we need to do to fix this? And we're, we're going to hit that today. But going first into the number six. Well, the number six has several different areas, but the, the Lord, the one big area is this. So the number six symbolizes man and human weakness, the evils of Satan and the manifestation of sin. Man was created on the sixth day. Men are appointed to six days to labor. The Hebrew slave was to serve six years and then be released on the seventh year. And then six years were appointed for the land to be sown and harvested. The number six is also associated with Satan in his temptation of Jesus. So not only that, but if you put three sixes together, which everyone kind of knows this one, you get 666, which is the number of the beast in Revelation. I do want to point out that six does not always mean something bad. I mean, man is, when he was created before Adam and Eve sinned, man was created 100% good. So don't don't just think, oh, six is always bad. No, there is some level of good but as we can see here that this is talking about human weakness. So as we read, there are six things back to verse or Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16, there are six things which the Lord hates. Well, we can see there's basically if you're looking at the numbers, you can see that as there are six things like like talking about with men's man's weakness 
that men has issues with that the Lord hates. Then we go to seven. Well, all most people know seven, seven, seven. That's the Lord's number, like six, six, six is Satan's number. Well, yes, but there's so much more to that. Seven is a number of completeness and perfection, both physical and spiritual. It derives much of its meaning from being tied directly to God's creation of all things. So that's one of the very interesting things that many people don't realize is that seven is God's number, but it also means that he is, that's, that's the perfection. So what we're able to see is back to Proverbs chapter six, when he says, yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. But he's also trying to say is, yes, here are seven things that is in his perfection of justice and his perfection of judgment, he has deemed an abomination. So don't, so there's that symbolism that's there embedded inside of these verses. And most will just skip it right over. There are so many more that we can't even get into today going over just the differences and looking into that. So I would encourage you as you do your personal Bible study, which you should be doing when you see the numbers, go look at it. I mean, a big one, I'll just throw uh, right off the bat. There is uh, an instance in, I'm shooting off the hip, don't have it in my notes, and I believe it's Exodus, where three, yeah, it is Exodus, 3,000, about 3,000, it says, um, Hebrews are killed by the Levites due due to the sons of Levi, due to their worshiping um, Baal, as we're going to get into in a little bit. However, it's I find it ironic that it's about 3,000 Jews that are Hebrews that are Israelites that are saved at the, right when the church is first made when Peter's up there talking. So I find that very interesting. And just you see how some of the numbers and, and how they go together. So and I'm not saying that we should live by numbers, but I'm definitely saying that you should go look that if something is significant in the Bible, it must be significant for us to be looking at. So Definitely check that out. Now, with starting with this first one, haughty eyes. I will be honest with you. Haughty, I thought I knew the definition, but I wanted to make sure. And it's basically arrogance. It's prideful. That's the, the, that's what it is. So well, as we talk about haughty, hopefully now you understand it, that it's not what we're talking about is, oh, uh, we're talking about the pride that's there. Well, and the Lord has a lot to say about this. So I do want to put out a disclaimer. This is not an exhaustive list of what God says about these issues. There's many, many more, but for time constraints, we are only bringing up a few. Judges chapter seven, verse two. If anyone ever tells you, by the way, I should start this before we go to this verse, that, oh, Christians, people don't have an issue. No, we have inherently in us due to our fall, our sin, we have inherently in us wanting to puff up ourselves. And we're going to see why right here. Judges chapter 7, verse 2. And to give you prefix, Gideon is about ready to have to throw down with the Medians. And they're, they're going to have a serious battle. Well, God is going, I'm going to make sure you guys are not thinking that you're going to do this on your own. But you got to lean on me. Lean on me. Verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many. For me to give Midian into their hands, for Israel would become boastful, saying, my own power has delivered me. So what does that mean about being arrogant and boastful and haughty? Well, God doesn't like it. In the end, he wants the proper authority and it belongs to him. 
And in the church today, you have too many people that are going around and they're doing they are doing things on their own accord for themselves. Now you might be wondering, JL, how, how are you able to, to, how dare you judge them? You don't know their heart. And you know what? I do not know their heart. However, I know actions. And I can tell you this. I will show you my faith by my actions, as James says. So let's keep going. We're going to find something out that the way this list goes, actually leads to each other. So let's keep moving forward. So yeah, we might, I might not know what's in their heart, but I'll tell you one thing. If they're boastful in their heart, if they're arrogant in their heart, guess what? They're going to have more than just that on the list. So let's find out. Moving on. First Samuel chapter two, verse three. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. So, as I was just saying earlier, yeah, I might not know, but I know someone who does. And that is Jesus Christ. Time and time again, you are able to see in the Gospels, he notices, he understands, he knows the heart knows the thoughts. You know how many times he he gets over there on a, a couple t- uh, occasions, he knows what they're thinking and he calls them out on it. No one has that power but our my beloved Jesus Christ. And hopefully he's yours as well. So it can be our. But if it's not, don't worry at the very end we'll be discussing how he can become yours and so when I say our, you're included. But so what we're able to see is God can judge you. So he knows. So if you're lying about it or you're maybe denying it to yourself, well, guess what? He'll know. Psalm chapter 19, verse 13. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. So we can see that God does not like people sinning. By being presumptuous, prideful, and ruling over people that they should be ruling correctly. So, as we're starting to see, pastors are coming out like this. We have pastors out there who are actively, it's all about them. It's all about who they are. It's all about what they want to do. And they've taken the glory away from God. You definitely have that in the worship area nowadays. There are several bands out there that I'm I'm not going to discuss today that I have flipped through the radio and I did not realize it was a Christian song until I heard the the DJ and I went, oh, wait, what? That was a Christian song? I, I had no idea. Same thing goes. So do not be out here being presumptuous and prideful and especially acting that upon others when we're, we should be humble. We should be allowing ourselves to be following what God wants us to be doing. Psalms 31, 23 continues this theme. Oh, love the Lord with, uh, oh, love the Lord, all you, his godly ones. The Lord preserves the faithful and fully recompenses the proud doer. So he's going to deal with people that are proud. And if you're a believer and you're proud, guess what? You're going to have to deal with an issue and it's going to be him. He will either A, put obstacles in your life to break it, or 
He's going to allow you to get hard, and then he's just going to let you sit there. And you will be a waste of Christian DNA on this planet. And that's the last thing I would ever want to be. I, I want the Lord, when I come, when I'm promoted and I go home, it's going to be, well done, my good and faithful servant, JL, you were awesome, like, get up here. I want, I want heaven and hell both to be cheering. Heaven, due to their saying, well done, you did an awesome job. Hell saying, oh my gosh, thank goodness he's out of here. He was kicking our butt. That's what I want, and that's what we should all want. But we must do it on, lean on the Lord. Never once do you see Jesus giving himself glory, but he's giving all the glory to God the Father. And God the Father then glorifies the Son. So as we're able to see, back to Proverbs chapter 6, haughty eyes. So you're going around looking at yourself and you're going out there with this idea of your head going, oh, oh yeah, oh, I'm just so good. I'm just so everything. Well, guess what? You're lying to yourself. And that's what leads to the next one. So if you've got that, Chances are you're lying to yourself, and that's how we lead on to our next part. However, before we jump into the lying to ourselves, I do want you all to know how to be able to reach us if you get questions or comments or concerns or whatnot. So with that, let's jump into that real quick and give you the, our contact information at the Blessed Hope Podcast. Remember, if you ever want to reach out to the Blessed Hope Podcast, you can. All you have to do is email the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. This is your area to send us comments, concerns, questions, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can also follow us on Twitter for daily updates at John Luke T, at John Luke T. And with that said, let's get back to the episode. And if you just ever have questions or concerns, please reach out to us. We do try to email you back as quickly as possible when you do have questions and concerns. Maybe you might be wondering, you, you want to be a good Berean. You're like, John, look, you were speaking too quickly. I, I want to know where did you get some of this info or what sites did you go to for whatever when, when we do our current affairs updates and things like that. Let me know. I have no problem handing this stuff over. We'd love to be able to share it with you. So that is how you get a hold of our contact information. Moving forward, though, we're now we're going to get into the second part of verse 16 or my, my fault, verse 17, a lying tongue. And I, I want to just throw it out there one more time. This is not an exhaustive list. God actually has a, a lot in his Bible, in his word, talking about lying and liars. So believe me, not an exhaustive list, but we're going to move forward. First John chapter 1, verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Drop the mic right there. <laughs> and I mean that. First John 1.10 is one of those verses that every believer needs to continuously have. When you get angry with another Christian out there, if you get angry with maybe a non-believer, if you get angry with anyone, you're like, I can't believe that person is doing this. I'm just getting angry and anger. I don't do that. I don't ever do anything like that at all. Let me just tell you, you are as guilty as that person. Remember, if you have sinned at all, you're guilty of all. So you're just as guilty as that person. Now, you might be getting over there and saying, well, JL, is that really true? Because I've lived a pretty good life, and I wouldn't consider myself as bad as the other guy. And I'm here to tell you right now, you are as bad as them. You are. Yes, JL is as bad as Mussolini, Hitler, and anyone else on the bad, bad, bad list that the world all says is bad. 
Yes, 100%. But I am saved and redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. So when God the Father looks at me, he's got these shades on, and the shades are through the perspective of Jesus Christ. And you know what it says? Redeemed, sanctified, purified in the Lord. So I'm good. And the same thing goes for you if you are saved. But that does not mean you're not a sinner. Sadly, I am still a wretch. Until the day I am promoted and I'm taken out of here, I am still going to be dealing with that sinful nature. Paul begged for it to be taken out. He wanted to hurry up and be out of it. And he wanted to have the purification and that sanctification. And yet it was not because we're still in our human fleshly bodies. He was still on this side of the grave. Now, if we happen to be one of those lucky few that get to hear that loud trumpet and that big shout, then guess what? We'll have that translation happen immediately. Glory be to God if we are part of that lucky, lucky group of people. But, needless to say, if you think you are innocent, you're not. And that goes back right back to ha- the haughty eyes. So if you're looking at yourself, you're like, oh, I- I'm so good. I-, I don't have that issue. Or I-, I-, I struggle with it, but only a little bit. Not like you who struggle with that a lot. Well, guess what? First John 1.10 is here as a bat to uh, correct the issue. First John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Okay, so he's not just talking about brothers. He's not just talking about Christians. I heard someone recently tell me that this verse right here, when he says brother, he was actually talking about only Christians. And nowhere... In chapter 4, do I see anything like that signifying only Christians? In fact, I would go back to Jesus' own words when he is asked, well, who is my brother? Or, excuse me, who is my neighbor? And he goes, basically, anyone. The, the definition, and I'm shooting from the hip here, it's anyone. Jesus was all about loving everyone. We need to be doing the same. If you are lying and you are out here manipulating and hurting and and just being destructive with your words. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't working out for you. You are not living a Christ-like faith and he will fix the issue. Proverbs chapter 17, verse four, an evildoer listens to wicked lips and a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. Oh man. So a liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. We're going to put a pin in that right now. We're going to go to the first part. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. If you're a liar and you're listening to others, it sounds like from here that if you're lying, you're going to be kind of focused around others. You're going to be kind of drawing upon each other. So as you can find out, well, you know, when people say like, oh, I hate drama, but they're always the one in drama. The same thing goes here. Well, the person, oh, I, I can't stand liars. Well, Chances are that person might be the liar. That might, that might be the person who's running around spreading gossip. Guys, we have too many prideful Christians. We need to humble ourselves. We have too many Christians lying in our churches. We must be humbly coming before the Lord. We must be only speaking tr- the truth and nothing but the truth. And who is that truth? Jesus Christ. I cannot stress enough how 
haughty eyes it will be very hard to figure out sometimes. But then a lying tongue will be the first sign of that. But then we continue on. And this is when now we're going to hit some very controversial information. But I'm going to we're going to we're going to bring it up. We're going to do it. So the next part of verse 17 and hands that shed innocent blood. So this is not just talking about. uh, We'll get the spiritual side out and then we're going to talk about the the. The literal side, the spiritual side. We have Christians out here that are boastful and are prideful and they're speaking just lies and just being arrogant and and not speaking humbly and and, and in truth. And what are they doing? They are hurting the body of Christ. There are non-believers out there who go, why should I be a Christian when I see how you act? I see you Christians over there. I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm telling you right now, I know non-believers who sometimes act better than believers. And it is such a shame. I am as guilty as everyone else. And we guys, we have got to fix that in ourselves. So please do not grieve the spirit. Do not grieve the church by our mouths. If you think that it's going to cause you to have an issue and cause you to shed innocent blood uh, of inside that church. Close your mouth. Just, just it, you'd rather at least when your mouth is closed, you'll people will think you are wise. I mean, a fool always will. He'll look wise if he keeps his mouth shut. And well, many people cannot do that. They have to put their their foot in their mouth. They have to have the haughty eyes. They have to be running to shed innocent blood. They have to be doing that. And it's just sad. Now, with that said, let's go to the practical side of this, the more controversial side. And yes, I'm talking about the worship of Baal. You might have been saying, oh, I, I could have sworn you were going to talk about abortions. And we are. That's the worship of Baal. I'm calling it out. If you are a believer and you are having a lying tongue and you're lying to yourself and lying to others about abortions being okay, I'm here to tell you right now, the Lord hates it. It's an abomination. And he hates the hands that shed innocent blood. And we are guilty as the church for allowing it. For saying, and you might be going, well, I don't allow it. And and I'm going to tell you right now, there are many in the church who say we should not be voting. There are many in the church who say we, oh, oh, we need the separation of church and state. Nowhere in the Bible is that. The the entire Bible is a complete political book. I mean, it's 100%. It's it's a political book. So why, why are we not being political? We need to be going. We need to vote according to what the scripture says. And that also goes with. Judges, and that goes with everything that we do in our life. We need to be 100% doing that. And if you're a non believer here, you're going, Whoa, you can't be doing it. They'll be forcing this on me. Look in the scripture and you tell me if there's any part of that that you think is bad. And I will sit here and go toe to toe with you and show you how it is good. But I, I want to signify that abortion is the worship of Baal. And what I mean by that is let's go into it. What is Baal worship? Baal worship, 
was something that is still very much living today. That all they've done is just same pig. They just threw a different makeup on it. But, um, well, long story made short, it was a worship of um, that the Canaanites and the people around that area did. It, they it, it infiltrated into the Jewish religion and and the re- religious uh, life, and it's just very sad. Judges uh, chapter three verse seven talks about it, and it says, "And the people of Israel did was." did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord, their God, and served the Baals and Asheroth. We can even keep on going, and we see that in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31 through 33, and as if it had been light, a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebet, he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithabel, king of the Sidonians and went and served Baal and worshiped him. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal. So, and my apologies if I butchered the pronunciations, I apologize. But when they worshiped, they would take the drums and they would beat them. And they would beat them so you couldn't hear the cries of the children as they put them on the altar and burned them alive. Guys, gals, all I'm saying is abortions, has they've been practiced for so long. And it's just a new name calling it whatever you want, choice. But it is nothing more than that. It is the worship of our own sinful desires. The worship of Baal was the worship of actually procreation. And fertility. There are people that were going out there. Living and doing whatever they wanted. So that they. So that they could do that. And then. When the inevitable happened. And they did become pregnant. Or they impregnated a person. They would take that child. And offer them up. So they could keep doing what they were doing. If that doesn't describe what we are doing here now. I I don't know what does. And it breaks my heart. Second Chronicles chapter 28 verses 1 through 2. Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He made metal, excuse me, he made metal images for Baal. I cannot... And we could keep going on. Numbers 25, verse 3, Judges chapter 8, verse 33. We can see that there were different groups of Baal worshipers. The same thing goes. It is such a, a hateful, God hates it. All you have to do, if you want to know what Jesus said about it, go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 27. Jesus calls Satan Beelzebub, linking the devil to Baal-zebub, a Philistine deity, which is found in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 2. Ultimately, Baal worship is devil worship. So the uh, the practice of abortion and the allowance of it is nothing more than a slippery slope that it leads right into devil worship. We can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. What we are seeing here, guys, is our social 
economic and political structures moving us in a direction allowing for this to be done. And as believers, we are called to be what is righteous and be to be pure, for we should be holy because he is holy. And how can we do that if we are not standing up in our churches for what is right? How do we do that? Well, I'm going to give you three things that you could do immediately. Love one another. Be helpful to others. So when get our church doors open, the church people, the, the actual church, we need to be out there. If we find out someone is, 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 pregnant or we see, we find out that 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 it takes two to tango so we find out that couple did that let them know it is not over like we we there it's not end game there are options and and then we need to vote in people who will get rid of it so i cannot stress enough we need to do everything we can in the legal bounds to be able to be able to fix this. And how do we make it legal? By voting them the people that can get rid of it. So Christian, you must stand up for what is right and you must go and vote. Legally, go out and vote. I do want to continue, but I, I, I think we need to understand that there are many people out there who are going to say what we're talking about right now is wrong. And that we should be out there actually allowing this. And that leads right into the next one in Proverbs chapter six, a heart that devises wicked plans. There are many people out there, guys, who are all about wicked plans. And they're the ones who are shedding the innocent blood. They're the ones who are lying. And they're the ones who have the haughty eyes. And they're inside our church. There are many people who claim to be Christians, and yet they are the ones allowing this. And they actually promote it. Woe is to them. And woe is to us who allow it. So with that said, I want to take a quick break and do our podcast Bible verse of the day. I love this. I love just being able to see God's word in action and alive. So with that, we're going to do that. Then we're going to jump into the last and final one. And then we have our big surprise. I want to end on a happy note. We have a big surprise. I really can't wait to show you all. And we do have, before I also forget, we do have a quick current affairs update. I do want to give you guys just a quick update on something going on. I know everyone's probably, you know all about the whole thing of Turkey and going into Syria. However, there's something else you should probably know about it that they're talking about only in certain circles. So we're going to, we're going to fill you in on that. With that said, let's do our Bible podcast for our Bible verse pod, uh, podcast, Bible verse. Here we go. Today's podcast Bible verse is 1 John 2, 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we're back. And I just absolutely love the Bible podcast verses. They're just to make my day. I love them. I do want to take a quick second and recap on the shedding of innocent blood and going over abortions and all that. If you have had an abortion or you have, you forced your significant other to have one, there is still hope for you. Do not think that your sin is too much. I want to speak directly now to you. The Lord loves you. 
it is okay. There is still forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's all unrighteousness. And he is faithful and just to forgive us. So please, if you have had one, there is the redeeming love of our Christ. He can be yours. He can love on you. So I would please, I ask now that you would just go to him and, and, and just flee to his arms and repent and, and, and ask for that forgiveness and feel the warmth and the, the love and everything that is there that is our Lord Jesus Christ. So please, if you ever think that your sin, no matter what it is, is too much, and that includes abortion, nonsense. Nothing is too big for our God. And how cool is that? Nothing is too big. So, moving onward, though. Back to Proverbs chapter 6. Now we're talking about the heart that devises, devises wicked plans. Well, the Lord has a lot to say about that as well. So this is not an exhaustive list, as I've stated prior. It is not an exhaustive list. So hopefully you know that and as we keep moving forward. But the Lord does say a couple things about it. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There are many people nowadays who are stating that. There are many people nowadays who are, who are and I'm talking about people in the church, who are saying things are good and, and that are clearly bad. I'm going to name two of them right off the bat. Pride. There are so many people out there that are saying, oh, you're a good person. God, God will forgive you because you're a good person. No, you're not. You're not good. You're a very bad person. So am I. Cool. Join the club. Got the t-shirts. Let's do this. We are bad. We are very bad. We are the worst thing on this planet. And you're that way from birth. However, in Jesus, we can be saved. We can be healed. So don't think, don't think otherwise. The second one I'm going to bring up that I see all the time now is these, the sexual liberation that we have going on of going, oh, do what you want. It's all good. Whatever makes you feel good. It, it, it's all good with Jesus. Nonsense. He's very clear on that. You should be abstinent until married. Marriage is with one man and one woman. That's the way he sees it. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. That's I'm very I'm proud of Christ and his very he's very, very specific with it. And he defines it perfectly. So, yes, that's it. And you're seeing many people out there. And we're seeing it in our own government now where people have been doing it for a while now. And they are just at... The way they call it, and I, I find it sad. Isaiah thirty-two verses or Isaiah thirty-two verse six: For fools speak folly in their hearts; uh, are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. The hungry they leave empty, and from the thirsty they withhold water. So what we're seeing right here is exactly what the church is doing. They are speaking folly, and their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness, as we're seeing, just rampant in the church. And concerning 
error concerning the Lord. So they're even, they're, they've turned Jesus, they've turned God into their own little thing. It, he's an app. You pull him out whenever you want him. And that's it. And no, my God is much bigger than that. Our God is much bigger than that. We should not be doing that. And then on top of that, we leave empty the hungry, we, the, no food, and we withhold water from the thirsty. Guys, I'm telling you right now, social justice that should be a Christian thing. And you might be going, whoa, pump the brakes, John Luke. Pump the brakes. Are you, are you saying that social justice is allowed? No. What I'm saying is the Christian, we should own it. We should define it. We should be out helping the poor. We should be out helping them. Let them help them find Christ. But also while we're doing it, feed them, water them. The poor will always be there. We will never have a perfect society. Jesus plainly states that. He says, the poor will always be. For me, however, you only have me for a little of the time. Well, guess what? That's that's very true. But we should be out there helping. We should be out there uh, helping uh, people understand what's going on, loving them, and, 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 and bringing them towards Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Not returning to evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Okay. Many, many Christians are guilty of this, myself included. I'm throwing myself in every one of these that we need to be working on. We do not need to be insulting for insulting. We're like, oh, you, you hurt me? I'm going to hurt you. Well... Uh, oh, you did this, I'm going to hurt you. And I'm telling you right now, that's not biblical. Someone messes you over, hey, that's okay. There are people out there who are going to do that. Hey, man, that that's okay. Just walk away from it. It's okay. Now, I want you to understand that that doesn't mean that we need to lay over. We need to, I, I want to go back real quick to... Isaiah chapter 32, verse six. Remember, it says spread the, 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 they practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. Well, the Lord hates things and the Lord loves things. So we should be hating those things that, that he hates and loving those things that he loves. Well, the same thing goes as we're talking about the hungry and the thirsty. There are times we need to stand up and say, Hey, that's wrong. I'm not going to let you do it anymore. I mean, we should be adamantly helping to defend the weak, helping to defend the helpless, the the widow, the orphan, the family that might need the extra help, where we're gonna, the, the, the we need to be helping. It should not be left up to uh, our failures. Should not be an an area for the government to step in and to be able to help. We should be out giving the government. People need help. We should be there. People need guidance. We should be there. Our children that are in the schools, they need more help than ever now because they don't have hope. They don't need to be going and seeing the school counselor to be able to figure out what they need to be doing in life. They need to be talking to their mom and dad. They need the, the, the church in the schools helping them, guiding them, showing them, seeing the love and the passion that Christ has for them and the life that he's given them. That's what we should be doing. We need to be active. But not just active to, for active sake, because then we're going to be spreading error concerning the Lord. They practice ungodliness. Well, guess what? Ungodliness can also be a form of godliness. You could be 
practicing a form of godliness thinking you are when in actuality you're practicing ungodliness. So what should you be doing? Humbly coming before the Lord and asking, Lord, what would you have me do? Remember, prove your faith by your works. Show it that way. That's what we should be doing. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 15 through 20. If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the command of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you, as it was against your fathers. Even now, take your stand and see this thing, great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. It is not the wheat harvest today. I will call to the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, that you will know and see what your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord by asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. So what we're seeing right here, real quick, quick pause. We're seeing that the Lord wants us to listen to him and listen to the voice of him as we go within our actions. And what we're seeing, oh, by the way, this is political. So what we're seeing here is we need to be listening to the Lord as we make our political decisions. As we go out and act upon our Christian faith, we need to be doing it in such a way as we are listening to the voice of the Lord. Continuing on, verse 19. Then all the people said to Samuel, pray for our, your servants to the Lord your God so that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil by asking for ourselves a king. So Samuel, verse 20. Samuel said to the people, do not fear, you have committed all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from the following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. So what he's saying right there, he's like, guys, yeah, you've sinned, you've messed up big. But own it, repent from it, and flee from it. Go back to the Lord, serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's what we should be doing as Christians we need to be listening to the Lord and doing that. How do we do that? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 22. Abstain from every form of evil. If it is an evil, flee from it. What I'm about ready to say is going to be as controversial as the other stuff. You should not, if I, it is, it is very frustrating when we have Christians going to homosexual weddings. Why are you going to that? You are doing nothing more than saying, yes, that is okay to me. I will go. Nonsense. You should be against it. Don't go to those things. You should be, if the government wants to make it legal, that's fine. There's no law forcing you to go to it. Do not go to it. If you have a friends and that they are shacked up together, and yeah, you're going to go hang out with them. No, do not do it. Call them out on it. Say, hey, you guys are living wrongfully. And I do want to caveat, I'm talking about Christians with Christians. If you are a non-believer, well, you know what? You can't abstain from evil because evil is you. It is innate in you. We will have that discussion at the end of this episode. But I'm telling you right now, guys, if you're a Christian... You should be abstaining from it. And you should be holding other believers accordingly. That does not mean that we should not be around other or non-believers. I'm saying we should be out with them. We should be living and loving on them. However, that does not mean we should be okay with what they do. So if they ask us, they're saying, hey, are you okay that I'm living with my girlfriend? Well, actually, no, I'm not. 
I'm not okay with it. But in the end, the bigger issue is Christ is not okay with it. Where do you stand with that? You're not going to win someone to the Lord by telling them to fix themselves with their actions. You're going to win someone to the Lord by having a relationship with them, that friendship, showing them the love, and the kindness that Christ has. And once they are saved, leave that to the Holy Spirit. He will convict them. It's like seeing an apple tree. And I, I love this example. It was given to me the other day um, by a pastor. It's like taking an apple tree. And you have these apples, or you're wanting it to produce apples and it's not. So you go buy apples at the store and you staple them to the tree. Does that make it an apple tree? Of course not. So why are you trying to force non-believers to act like believers? The problem is they're not an apple tree. Stop trying to make them be an apple tree based off of stapling apples to them, based off appearance. You need to change the very DNA in them to become an apple tree. And that's only going to happen if you become a Christian. You must have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's, it's, it's a unique thing when we have the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 does not, and now here, by the way, I should say, state, it's talking about love here. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. So if you love a person, go out and let them know, tell them about Christ. I have family members I am praying for that I hope one day they, they finally find Christ. We should be loving on them. I have friends in the same boat. I want to be loving them and, and, and telling them the truth that we have in Jesus. How cool is that? How awesome is that? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So pause right there. Now flee from youthful lust and pure and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I'm telling you right now. You will only have perfect righteousness, faith, love, and peace with people who are also calling on the Lord from a pure heart. Water and oil do not mix. So you might be, your best friend might be a non-believer when you were a non-believer, but you've become saved now. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are living towards the Lord, either A, they're going to become a believer or you will grow distant. That's just the way it is. It's, you're a new creation. You are a new creature in the Lord. So wrapping up today's episode, going over these four aspects, we're not done. Next week, we're going to hit the feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, which is different than a lying tongue, partially, but like, yes, they're both doing lying, but there is a difference. And one who spreads strife among brothers. We're going to be talking about those. However, I want to wrap up going over a quick, brief, 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 brief <laughs> current affairs update right after this. Okay, so this current affairs update, I do want to point out quickly to you that I'm pulling my some of the sources I'm talking about today where I'm going to be direct, making direct quotes are from the Foreign Affairs and also from BBC. You might be wondering, John Luke, why are you, why are you um, 
talking about via through these. Well, that's because I don't always agree with them. In fact, I barely ever do. However, they have two really good pieces that I think discuss the mindset of Turkey here that we need to kind of roll into. So with that said, this is from the Foreign Affairs Today. And I quote, in a stunning announcement on Sunday, pause right there, and it was not a stunning announcement. If anyone's read Ezekiel 38, you would clearly know this was coming. Unquote, or begin the quote again. The Trump administration gave a nod to Turkish military incursion into northeastern Syria, an operation that would entail clashes with Washington's Kurdish allies in the area. The U.S. military, which has around 1,000 troops in Syria, would not su- support or be involved in the operation. But the White House said it would pull back U.S. forces stationed near the Syrian-Turkish border to clear the way for Ankara's troops. Pause right there. I want everyone to understand that the guy who's running the show, Turkish President Erwan, um, he's not a good guy. However, there are reasons why he's not a good guy, and I'm not going to get into that today, but I do want to point out a couple quick things. He is on his heels. He's being forced to do this. And let's just go from there, quoting from the same area. Quote, in fact, Turkey, Turkey's Syria policy has for years turned on Erdogan's ambition to consolidate his one-man rule at home. Turkey supported Islamist insurgents against Damascus when doing so strengthened Erdogan's religious credentials at home. After flagging electoral support forced Erdogan to partner with an anti-Kurdish opposition party, his attention shifted to fighting the Kurdish forces operating in Syria. That goal remains today, but is slowly being overshadowed by an even more pressing concern, getting rid of the millions of Syrian refugees who have made their way to Turkey over the years, where they have now become a burden on Erdogan. Pause. Well, the reason why is that their burden is because it's hurting their economy, which is in the toilet. Switching over to BBC, we see this, in quote, But in the past year, the economy has deteriorated with inflation rising to some 20%, a weaker Turkish lira, and unemployment reaching about 15%. So, pause there. He's having issues at home, guys. He's looking for one to cause blame somewhere else. He's trying to grow the Turkish involvement for financial gains and political stability. Well, Ezekiel 38 talks exactly about that with Turkey and other players taking Syria and rolling through Syria straight to Israel with that exact goal. I'm here to tell you right now, that's coming true. Erdogan might not be the leader of Turkey when that happens, but he is definitely a player to help support that leader when the time comes. When the history books are written... They will be discussing this man as leading the charge for Turkey's involvement in what will later on be known as one of the biggest devastating, decisive victories that the Lord God has ever done. And the nations will recognize that. They will know that he is God. So, as you hear the news and as you see these things going on, know that the Lord is in control. We should be praying for the large majority 
of the Kurds, uh, a big chunk of them are Christians. So we should be praying for them because they're getting completely devastated right now. If you happen to be one of them and you are listening now, brother and sister, we are praying for you. My heart just goes out to you. And I... I... We love you. And all I can say is he loves you so much more. If you're a believer and you're listening now and you're not from that area, this does not mean that we do not need to be praying for them. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being hurt and persecuted. Thank the Lord if you happen to not be right now. But if you are being persecuted, thank the Lord either way. For he is a God who loves, but he's also a God of justice. And one day his pure justice will come home. And it will take us. And we can go glory be to God in his justice. Because we will sit in his love and we will be able to watch his justice take care of us. So with that said, I do want to end this whole thing on one thing. Serving God willingly. First Peter chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. So as we're praying for our brothers and sisters, as we're mindful to, mindful about mindful about Proverbs 6. Think of first Peter chapter 5 verse 1 through 11. Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness for the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you. Exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for the sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but providing to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, which is Jesus, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You, you younger men, likewise be subject to your elders and all of you. Clothe yourself with humility, which kind of stops Proverbs 6, the list we have going. So if you've got humility, well, chances are you ain't going to have those other issues. I digress. With humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be sober of spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, um, the, the, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I say amen to that. How awesome is that? We have a God who loves us. We have a God who's there for us. But we have a God who's calling us to action. We need to love more. We need to be humbling, uh, be humbled more. We need to be the, 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 the servants. We need to be out there, be the example of what we should be to ever. We need to be the example to everyone what should be the, the litmus test of what a human should be. And to be a human, on that level, we have to have Christ inside of you as we were designed. Now, to have Christ inside of you is to have a childlike faith. 
and to have that love. And like I said, we're going to be trying to end every episode with the ABCs of Christ. If you're a non-believer now, I'm speaking directly to you. If you are a believer, take notes. This is how, this is a quick way to be able to walk someone through being saved. So if you are wanting to be saved, you're going, Lord, I, I have sinned. I've messed up bad. You might be one of those people that have had an abortion. You might be one of those people that were living in a, in a wrongful uh, way and with whatever, fill in the blank. God loves you. He loves you. And he's willing to forgive you. However, you've got to ask for it. So you have to, A, admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, yeah, I don't care if you're good. You're not good enough. James 2.10, for whoever shall keep the whole law yet stumble at one point is guilty of it all. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we need to admit we're sinners because we are. We need to believe in Jesus Christ. Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Acts chapter 19, verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. So they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved in you and your household. I'm not talking if you believe, that doesn't mean your whole household. What he's talking about is they found out that if one person becomes saved in the family, typically it can grow. How cool is that? That others will see and go, oh, I've seen how it's changed. I want to be a believer. Who is this Jesus? 1 John 3, 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Well, there's that pride thing again. Confess Christ publicly. The C is confession. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for, to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I'll let you know right now, if you're wondering about the Greek, if you're not a Jew, you're a Greek, you're a Gentile. Just another term for it. Romans chapter 10, 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For if the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that's it, guys. Right there, the ABCs. If you want to be saved, that's all you got to do. Let's pray. Dear Father, we give you all the glory and the honor. We ask right now, if someone is not saved but they're wanting to, just kind of repeat after me. Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I am messed up. But I ask right now, Lord, I believe you died for my sins and that you rose again on the third day and you lived that perfect life. Lord, I ask that you be there now and I, I'm here to state, confess it, Lord. Thank you. I ask that you be with me. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Clear and simple, guys. Clear and simple. I want to end giving you guys one last cool thing. And that is our surprise. I'm so excited. In three weeks, we will be starting a series called Who I Am. Who I Am is 
all about Jesus. We're going to have one section going over Jesus in the Old Testament, one section going over Jesus in the New Testament, and then a final section going, who is Jesus in our individual lives? And what has he done? And who is he going to be in the future? So we're going to have a ball. That is our cool, exciting moment to share with you. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. This is going to be our closing remarks. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Blessed Hope Podcast. If you feel discouraged with today's discussion, don't be. This was a good wake-up call for all of us. We needed to hear it, myself included. We need to make sure that we are not being prideful. We need to make sure that we're not, we don't have a lying tongue and we're lying to ourselves and others. And we need to make sure that we don't, we're not running to shed innocent blood or we're allowing it to be done around us. And lastly, we don't need to be having hearts that devise wicked plans. We need to be running from this stuff, guys. And we need to be actively defending against it. It cannot be happening in the church. And us can't be. We gotta, it's gotta get rid of it. We can't do it without Christ. So if you don't have Christ, you don't got nothing. So I would encourage you to find him. And there's only one way to do that, and that's the ABCs. So go back and learn. And go back and do it. Next week's episode, we'll finish this little quick series. And then we will hopefully be able to give you a better ending to the current affairs update that has been happening going on in Syria and Turkey. But in the end, remember, we have our blessed hope, Jesus Christ. He is coming back. Our Messiah, the King, the Lion, the Lamb, the Suffering Servant will come back as the conquering King. Glory be to God. He is coming. So I cannot encourage you enough knowing that our God is awesome. and He is reigning and He is on high. He we give all the glory and praise to. So with that, I'm going to end it here. Remember, you can always reach out to us if you have questions. And we have no issue with that. We love the questions. In the comments, send them, send them, send them. If you are wanting to tell us about who Jesus is to you, oh, please send us an email. We would love to know and and be able to to do that. So who is Jesus to you? Remember three weeks, we're starting our our series on who I am. And it's going to be great. I'm so stoked to do it. We're going to have, we got a couple guest speakers uh, guess um, uh, people we're going to be asking questions to. We got comments. We got a whole bunch of stuff. I am stoked. So with that, this is the Blessed Hope Podcast. I'm your host, JL, and we will catch you next time when we all get together and study the Word of God and encourage, and we're all eagerly together seeking the Lord and looking for our blessed hope, which is Jesus Christ. Catch you next time. Remember, if you ever want to reach out to the Blessed Hope Podcast, you can. All you have to do is email the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. This is your area to send us comments, concerns, questions, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can also follow us on Twitter for daily updates at John Luke T, at John Luke T. And with that said, let's get back to the episode.